Support comes from Kenmore Air, offering getaways to charming Victoria, B.C. with daily flights. Just a quick 45-minute flight from Seattle to Victoria's Inner Harbor, from only $169 per person one way. Bookings available now at KenmoreAir.com. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Wednesday. This is Seattle Now. There's a lot of reading going on around here, and we can prove it. King County Library is third in the world for the most digital holds. King County Library System's Interim Executive Director Angie Miraflor is here to tell us about the growing demand for audiobooks and digital magazines. But first, let's get you caught up. Alaska Airlines CEO Ben Minicucci says the airline found many loose bolts on Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes during inspections following Flight 1282. He told NBC News he's demanding that Boeing improve its in-house quality assurance programs. In the meantime, United Airlines has also said it found additional loose bolts on its MAX 9 planes. Officials of both airlines have said they're contemplating futures without Boeing's 737 MAX 10 planes. An investigation from Seattle's Office of Police Accountability determined an SPD officer acted unprofessionally and showed bias when discussing the death of 23-year-old Jean V. Kandula. Kandula was killed in a crosswalk about a year ago by SPD officer Daniel Otterer, who was racing to a call. Auditor is also the vice president of the Seattle Police Officers Guild. The OPA said his comments following the death damaged the department's reputation and undermined public trust on a scale that's difficult to measure. The OPA sent its report to SPD Chief Adrian Diaz, who will now decide whether to discipline or fire Otterer. And the Seattle City Council settled on its final member, voting in Tanya Wu as a replacement for Teresa Mosqueda. Wu received the minimum five out of eight votes. She lost the District 2 election to Tammy Morales by about 400 votes. One of Wu's new jobs is handling the city's budget shortfall. Those financial worries are leading to changes in city business. Mayor Bruce Harrell instituted a hiring freeze on all city departments except police, fire, and the 911 response division, according to Publicola. It's no secret that here in the Puget Sound region, we love books. In fact, the King County Library System was third in the world for most digital checkouts last year. No kidding, the world. Library users checked out 8.8 million digital titles last year. Ebooks, audiobooks, and digital magazines. Angie Miraflor is here to talk about what it all means. She's the interim executive director at the King County Library System. Angie, glad you're here. Thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, it's great being here. Thank you. So, what a cool honor. What does it mean to be third in the world for digital holds? So it's a pretty exciting thing for us. Uh, King County Library System has always prided itself on being a place where people really know how to use their digital books and check them out. So our patrons last year in 2023 checked out 8.8 million digital titles through Overdrive, uh, which is the main platform that we use. And it is the second highest digital circulating library in the U.S. and the third in the world. So something that we're really proud of and we hope to hit number one at some point. 
Yeah, and it's not even that surprising. Seattle's filled with book lovers. We're designated as a UNESCO city of literature. And as we've been talking about, we have this huge digital presence. Has it always been this robust or has something changed recently? What can you tell us? So it's been increasing steadily as a trend in public libraries as people get more used to using devices to read their materials on. But it's been pretty significant at King County Library System. So in 2019, we had about 5.6 million circulation of either ebooks or digital audiobooks. And there has been a 56% increase since then, so that we went from 5.6 to 8.8 million. Some of that has to do with the pandemic being shut down and not having as much access to print materials as before. But we've also been open for the last couple years, and the statistics continue to increase. That's a real behavioral shift. That's interesting. It's interesting because I feel like now people are not looking at digital ebooks or audiobooks as something completely different. It's just another platform to get information, to hear a good story. People are incorporating it into their commuter time, which is something that I'm sure all of us are are doing at some point. And access to the collection without having to step into any of our buildings, as much as we love to see our patrons come into our buildings, it's nice to know that they can see all the different resources that we have, even if we may not be open at the time. Yeah, interesting. Super interesting. And let's talk about what people are actually reading. What are some of the most popular holds in the system? A lot of the titles that were our top five circulating titles in our ebooks, they're mirroring whatever bestsellers that we have in general print and just across the nation, right? So even our top five, we have titles like the Prince Harry uh, title, Spare, um, Lessons in Chemistry, which is something that's super popular right now because it turned to an Apple TV miniseries and it's about a woman who... Um, becomes a cooking show host in 1960 Southern California after being fired as a chemist. And then Diary of a Wimpy Kid was also a big one. So that really shows the variety of patrons who are using our ebooks. It's going across all different age ranges, all different genres of books, that is just going into all different kinds of readers. Yeah. You know, Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros was topping your list which is also very interesting given our political climate these days. What does this list say about us? I think it says that we, one, like to read, but that we use it for different kinds of outlets. Uh, I think that people use it as a way to get information. People use it as a way to escape Uh, We have a lot of book clubs in our libraries, so people use it as a way to gather as community, but to also talk about larger issues. So what may be a fiction book or or sci-fi or fantasy does have a lot of social messages in it just about every single time that you read something like that. And to be able to share those thoughts with other people in the community is really important. And it just shows, I think, that our community knows that Books and reading is still uh, a really important way to engage in the world and with each other. Lots of people still swear by a hard copy of a book. 
Even still, digital media does have advantages. So let's talk about the advantages of going digital. Yeah, there's a lot of access benefits to reading uh, an ebook or an audiobook. One of them I have already mentioned that you don't have to be at a physical location to check out a book, uh, which is great for a lot of folks who just don't have the time. Um, again, the commuter thing that I was talking about, uh, having an electronic reading device or something on your phone takes up less space if you're uh, someone who travels around. Um, also, if you're traveling somewhere else, you could still technically log into the King County Library System catalog and check out something to read, even if you might be out of state or international or, or somewhere else where you wouldn't be able to walk into a building. There's other interesting accessibility benefits too. Most reading devices, phones, you're able to change the font size of a book. So folks who may have some sight impairment would be able to enjoy those books without feeling that frustration. Uh, audiobooks are also just another way to consume these stories and, and these titles. And I know uh, when I was a librarian over in the front lines uh, back in the day, I would suggest audiobooks as a companion to a print book for anyone who was learning in this, in this case, learning English. So it was a good way to hear what pronunciation sounds appropriate and to be able to follow along. My mom does that on occasion too. So there's a lot of different ways that digital books are reaching out to a broader audience, uh, hopefully reaching out to people who may not think that reading is for them. Really interesting. Really interesting, Angie. You know, not everybody has access to the internet or a device. How can they get access to digital content? Is there still a way for people to access what the King County Public Library System offers digitally? Right. So KCLF still are 49 community libraries. We have free Wi-Fi at every library. Uh, we still have computers that patrons can use at the libraries. Um, and we also have the the most important resource, I think, which is our staff at, at our libraries who are always there to help people, uh, whether it's with the computers that we have on site or, you know, this time of year is a busy year because a lot of people get devices over the holidays and they have no clue how to use them. So going to one of our staff to get some tips on how to check out a book using their device. Um, so yeah, we still are a, a pretty important place in the community to get free internet access and to get online. Yeah, definitely have a soft spot in my heart for librarians. You know, before I let you go, there are a lot of resources available at local libraries. You know, King County Library System and Seattle Public Library are some of the most patronized libraries in the United States. Also, honestly, some of the most beautiful. What do we know about the culture of reading here that makes our city unique? There is a sense of discovery and curiosity. And I think that's what makes this place really unique in other places I've been. One of the things that I've noticed, and I don't have exact stats for this, but our adult nonfiction is pretty high circulating. And that's not typical in a lot of public libraries. So to me, that just shows people still go to books to get information about things. Awesome. 
Angie, really appreciate you telling us why our fantastic, robust library system is third in the world. Best of luck beating Los Angeles, which is number one. We can do it. We can do it. Yeah, as a Northern California girl, it's it's in my blood to want to be Los Angeles. So. <laughs> well, I will check back with you, Angie. Angie Miraflor is King County Library System's Interim Executive Director. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. An extra thanks to the generous listeners who financially support this show. Today's episode was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. Our production team also includes Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, and Vaughn Jones. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.